From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan-Lasky. Since this show started a couple of years ago, we've welcomed a wide range of guests. We've had an astronaut and an astronomer, a Pulitzer Prize-winning historian, an Olympic gold medalist, a couple of indie rock musicians, lots of theologians, and the most prolific podcast guest of all time, Dr. Anthony Fauci. But today's guest is the first professional actor I've ever interviewed. I love talking to people whose faith informs their work in all sorts of different fields. Siobhan Fallon Hogan is one of those people. Siobhan has had an incredibly busy and full acting career over the last three decades, from appearing in Saturday Night Live and Seinfeld in the early 90s, to roles in movies like Forrest Gump, Men in Black, and the Lars von Trier musical drama Dancer in the Dark. Most recently, Siobhan made her screenwriting debut with a movie called Rushed. She also stars in the film as an Irish Catholic mother in upstate New York who has to figure out how to respond to a tragic fraternity hazing incident that strikes her family. I asked Siobhan about what it was like to try screenwriting for the first time and how she prepares for a dramatic role versus a more comedic one. We also talked about her strong Catholic faith and how her home parish pitched into the filming of Rushed in a few awesome ways. Finally, we got into her Jesuit education at Lemoyne College in Syracuse, plus how she managed raising three kids while working an extremely full schedule that took her all over the world. Interviewing an actor as hilarious as Siobhan also means this episode includes two or three spontaneous impersonations, which were most welcome. You can subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts, and thanks for joining us. Well, Siobhan Fallon Hogan, welcome to AMDG. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. How are you? I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You just said it was your first day off in a lot of days. Are you you're filming? What are you what are you up to these days? I wrote a film called Shelter and Solitude, but actually we're changing the name to Trudyville, which is uh, a film that we've been filming in Syracuse and Casanova, upstate New York, since August 27th. So we were doing we're doing a six day work week. Oh my gosh! So Sundays are my day off. So I'm I'm dragging, but I'm wow. happy to be on. Well, congratulations uh, on that. And you can tell me about that as much as you yes. can say, perhaps later. But I also yes. invited you on because you had another movie that just came out uh, this year your, that you also wrote. Your, yes, that your, that was your That was your debut in screenwriting. Is that right? That's correct. So I wrote Rushed. And of course, now talking to you with a Jesuit um, radio station. Is that what you call it? Exactly. Yeah, it's a podcast. So, podcast. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm from, you know, I'm kind of elderly. So um. <laughs> Anyway, it's a very Catholic film. Um, the mom says the rosary every morning, and it's about an Irish Catholic upstate family whose son gets involved in a fraternity hazing incident. So Rushed came out on August 27th. It's now on Amazon, Apple, iTunes, Redbox, and it stars Robert Patrick from The Terminator and Walk the Line, um, Jake Weary from Animal Kingdom, and myself. You know, I've done a lot of stuff, but we have amazing actors in it. Um, and this, the new movie... Robert Patrick, and funny, oddly enough, is going to be in it as well. And uh, yeah, so that was rushed and it's out now and it's doing really well. We got great reviews. So I'm really happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I just watched it recently and was really interested in the some of the, the Catholic stuff that was happening that you mentioned. And yes, uh, so as you mentioned, it's a it's a 
a thriller drama there's a lot going on there and it's you know a ch challenging subject matter as you said there's family and you play a, a mom barbara who, whose son again as you said gets involved in some hazing stuff we don't want to spoil too much for folks yes. um but um what so what made you want to make this movie well i have three kids Mike, I have a daughter, Bernadette. She's 26. She's actually a reporter for the New York Post. She broke the the, uh, the uh, nursing home story about Cuomo. Oh, wow. She's a big reporter. And my son, Peter, is an actor. He's in Rushed. My daughter, Sinead, is in Rushed as well. She's a student at Virginia Tech. But so, you know, when you have kids, as you know, you do your best to teach them the faith. And, you know, the mother in the movie is not in any way exemplary. She swears when she says the rosary and she tells her daughters in their Catholic uniforms to lower their skirts so they don't look like hookers but she's doing her best to, to you know to have a strong faith and teach her kids the right way and but then when she, this is a funny family you know irish catholic family which many of them are so funny um but then when they come up against a real huge problem and a tragedy how do they handle it and what is it that brings them through and it, it's it's her faith it's the family's faith but what really made me write the script is you know is in this modern day when we have these cell phones that you can keep in such kind of ridiculous contact with your kids and, you know, they go off to college and you're still like this, what they call helicopter mom, you know, saying, Hey, how are you? Make good choices, say your prayers, go to mass, make sure you, you know, stay close to God and remember the faith, keep the faith. And of course they're thinking, please shut up. I just want to go out and party with my friends. And then, you know, the, you're laying in bed at night in the fetal position thinking, I, my God, you read all these stories about these fraternity hazing incidents. So it came from me like basically being in the, the fetal position thinking, okay, I didn't hear from them at one o'clock. Okay, now it's two o'clock. Now it's three o'clock. Forgetting, by the way, my past at Lemoyne College and Catholic University. <laughs> Staying out, to, howling at the moon, as my mother said. Um, you know, and just worrying sick. And so that's where the revenge part came in because, you know, when, some, when someone does cross your child, and there is something when they're harmed, what do you do and how far will you take it? So that's where it came from. So there have been some of those own, your own kind of thinkings, reflections as a, as a parent, sure. kind of weaving their way in. Yeah. As you're laying in bed thinking, I don't want my kid to be that statistic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And your mind just runs wild. You know, sure, I remember sure. when my, my kids are hundred percent Irish. I remember I said one time when my son got in trouble in sixth grade, maybe my kids, our kids should sue us. <laughs> 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 they're like Irish setters. Right. So, so this, so Rush is the first time you had written a movie. That's, that's right. Correct. That's correct. Um, so why did you want to, well, so what made you want to make that leap? And then what was that process like for you doing that for the first time, having, having been in front of the camera while well, you are in front of the camera in this one as well, but being on that other side, uh, what was the, the most challenging or surprising part of that, uh, that process for you? Well, I have over the years, you know, done many TV and film. And so I've done so many movie sets. Um, and I'd worked with a lot of, with Lars von Trier a lot in Denmark. And I saw the way he, sets were run in New York, uh, in the United States, Hollywood, and in Europe. And the way they run over there is more like a play. So I've done Shakespeare in the Park and I love, I love acting on stage. When you do plays, it's kind of like, there's no above the line and below the line. Meaning there's no divas where it's lunchtime. You're like, hey, I'm, I'm the star of the show. I was on Saturday Night Live, I was in Men in Black. I was all these movies. So you scooch out of the way, prop boy, because I deserve to eat first. No, it's more like it's all this huge effort for this project and story. So I knew that I wanted to do something like that one day. But over the years, I've never done stand-up comedy, but I've done a lot of one-person shows. And I would kind of do them like every 
maybe, I don't know. I started off my career. I started, I did one woman show because I was frustrated. I was in my twenties and people were like, Oh, you're going to work in your thirties and forties. You have a really deep voice. You have red hair and you're kind of quirky. And I'm like, I am not waiting to my thirties and forties to work. I want to work now. So this guy said, I was in this improv comedy group. And he's like, look, why don't you write your own one woman show? And for, I have to tell you crediting Catholic university, the master's program there, father Hartke was the president when I was there and fabulous, you know, MFA program, Susan Sarandon had gone through it. John Slattery was in school with me, these amazing actors. What they made you do at Catholic U was for your thesis for graduate school, you had to do a one person show. It was very structured. You had to do two um, classic pieces. So like a Shakespearean, you know, then you had to do two comedic two, two one that you wrote and two from a story. Anyway. So I knew how to do a one person show because of Catholic U now I wrote my own stuff. So over the years I did these one person shows. So now my kids, my last daughter's a senior in high school. My one's in college. My one's graduated. She's writing for the New York Post. And I'm like, well, I guess it's time to do another one woman show. I've done like five of them. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to. I would like to write a movie because why not? And Lemoyne College, Jesuit institution where I went. That's right. Did a big uh, fundraiser in Central Park at the Boathouse. And they wanted me to be the, to be honored along with two other actors that had gone through Lemoyne. Um, so I enter, I come in, I was supposed to go to film festival. I was supposed to not be able to be there, but it was in Russia and I got freaked out. And I was like, I don't want to fly to Russia. And literally that air flat, whatever that airlines is called crashed, like almost <laughs> right around. I'm supposed to fly. So I was like, well, it's good. They didn't go anyway. So I called up the one. I go, you know, it turns out after all, I am going, going to be able to come. I walk into the boathouse in central park. And one of the, the deans comes over and says, Siobhan, you have to meet this family, the McNeil. So he introduced me to this woman, Mary McNeil. And he says, they just donated $7 million to Lemoyne. I go, what in God's name you have me talk for if they donate $7 million to Lemoyne? So I completely switch up my speech, you know, because it's so gross to hear an actor talk about, you know, I'm so great. And I was on Saturday Night Live. I was did Seinfeld. And who cares? And so I make this complete joke about, why in heaven's name are you talking to me when the McNeils are from Cortland, New York and are massive successes and have donated more than I could possibly imagine in my entire life? You know, so long and the short of it is I had written, I had written this movie and, but I thought, now, how am I going to do the movie? So I, and the, and the, the speech went over very well. Cause I, you know, it's always great when you mock yourself. Mm-hmm. And I also said, my 96 year old mother is sitting up in Syracuse right now. And she's so happy that an Irish family named McNeil is making the Irish look good. So I write to them and I say, Hey, listen, I wrote this movie. I'd like to produce it. Would you read it? Let me think, see what you think. Would you want to invest? I said, in the words of my kids, it's kind of greasy to, to hit somebody up the met two days before <laughs> they read it and they go, we're all in. We love it. So I was like, Oh my gosh. So then I went to Lars von Trier company over in um, Denmark. They, they looked, oh, she's my alarm. Spot. That's my alarm for you. And I don't know why it keeps going off. So then they said, would you, we'd love the script. We'd like to invest. So then I then went around to all people that I knew that were high rollers. I go, Hey, I wrote this movie and they were all in. And then I contacted every actor I've ever known because you know, what goes around comes around. A lot of actors will count you out. Like when you're up and they're like, Oh, she's on SNL. Oh, she did this, you know, fabulous movie. But then when you're down for a couple of years, they'll count you out. But I never believed in that because my parents were fabulous people. And my father, if I ever got a swelled head, my brothers and sisters would be like, hey, listen, you, who cares? You know, take the garbage out. Nobody cares if you're in movies and, and, and don't get a swelled head because you're not, you're not curing cancer. So 
I called up every actor that I ever loved. So Robert Patrick, who's, as I said, Terminator and Walk the Line, Perry Gilpin from Frasier, Jake Weary. said, hey, guys, I wrote this script. It's going to be a low budget film. But how would you like to come and do it? And every every editor I'd worked with, every director, I mean, fabulous directors and the cinematographer, Matthias Schubert, who's fabulous. And one by one, they're like, we're on board. So then I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? So now I was like, where am I going to put these people? So I'm in Rumson, New Jersey, where my husband dragged me to after we lived in New York City. And I put on Facebook, hey, guys, I barely know how to use Facebook, by the way. (laughs) Doing a movie. And I have like 25 crew that I need to house. Would anybody like to rent a room? One by one. But and because you're a Jesuit podcast, I'm in a rosary group there. They're like, I'm all in. I go, what would you like for rent? They're like, nothing. So now I've got the circus in town and they're housing people. And and now, you know, I have a catering truck for breakfast. You have to buy law by SAG rules, Screen Actors Guild, breakfast and lunch. Now people are bringing meals. So it's like the whole town becomes like the Barnum and Bailey Circus. And I got almost all my friends as extras. Like if you, when you see the movie Rushed, when you see like the senator scene, you'll see all these people that are friends of mine. So anyway, that's what happened. And then, and then, but I will tell you, I started going to mass daily and I was like, okay, here's the deal. God, you're my pal. You're my buddy. Please make, help me make this work because I now owe a lot of people money. And I made the, the blessed mother, you know, Robert Patrick said to me, I, I love the script because many faith-based, as they say, films, you know, they put them in genres, turn out to be icky. You know, not Passion of Christ, not, you know, what I had him on, I thought was fabulous. But sometimes they come out a little icky. Sure. And he said, I liked it because the family was real and their faith was strong, but they weren't perfect in any way. Hmm. So that's what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know, I, I'm I'm getting to the age now where as my father would say, I'm going on the other side of the mountain. I'm going down the uh, down the bunny slope on the other side, not not the, 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 the black diamonds anymore. So I figured now it's time to try to make a little bit of a difference. You know what I mean? Instead of just being in films, maybe creating things. So my new movie has a very faith-based theme as well, but they're very normal. I mean, I don't mean normal, but very people with that are not perfect. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that Barbara's faith to her in the movie is so important. And there's one scene early on, your alarm going off reminds me, you have a lot of alarms uh, in the movie that you're kind of keeping your character on her schedule. And she's like making sandwiches for the kids. Well, she has to make sandwiches for the kids and interrupts her rosary. And there's the alarm for that. And then you kind of keep praying while making sandwiches. And um, that just, as a parent of young kids like that, is like, yeah, if you're not praying then, if you're not finding God in the middle of the craziness with the kids, then you're not going to find God at all, right? Um, Right, exactly. Um, and so, like, so, but why, why was it that you wanted to make that, you know, faith so such a clear uh, element of her character and in the movie again, with a bunch of stops in front of statues of Mary, uh, rosaries, yes. prayer, yeah. So well, why was that? Because number one, that's the way I live my life, and so I, you know, what do they say? Art imitates life. So I have three kids, and you know, I would make, I would be one time when they were little, we first moved from New York City to to Rumson, New Jersey, and literally all I had was their Catholic school uniforms. And I was wearing my husband's boxers. I was like, you know, my daughter's in a stroller. I have my dog. And I'm like, come on kids. Let's say, let's say a uh, couple Hail Marys before we go to school. I'm like, Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord's worthy. And, and my neighbor heard it. And she's like, Siobhan, I couldn't get over that. So I thought, you know, you don't realize how odd you are in your faith, but I thought I'm just going to bring that to the screen. And then I, and I, I, I live near a Catholic church 
where I walk and pray to the rosary all the time, the, the Blessed Mother statue all the time. That's the Blessed Mother statue in the in the film, this mm. eight foot statue. And then, see, I kind of live in two places. I go to upstate New York in the summer, and that's the big Blessed Mother statue in the film. And then in New Jersey, my priest, Father Al at St. Anthony's in Red Bank, I was like, hey, listen, no offense, but my mother always said, sometimes the Protestant churches are a lot prettier than the Catholic <laughs> churches. I don't know what that is, other than the cathedrals. So there's this gorgeous Episcopalian church in Rumson, stone. They call it the stone church. So I said, hey, Father Al, how would you like to lend me your Blessed Mother statue and a few uh, candles and some tapestries? So he's like, I'm all in. Cut two, cut two. Now I lose the top of the the, ca- the, the candles, whatever they're called. I thought it was a broken can, you know, because you know, it goes over the top. Yeah. And there's like a little hole. I was like, oh, geez, somebody broke this can. And I threw it out. So one of the one of the deacons calls me. Siobhan, you returned everything, but whatever happened to the, I can't remember the, what it's even called. It's like some fancy word. And I go, oh, <laughs> I actually thought it was a broken piece of a vacuum or a can. <laughs> I go, I threw that away. But anyway, so I just wanted to, I figure at this point in my life, why not kind of spread the word and show, but there's another very, very important reason, Mike, that I'm missing, which is my sister-in-law, Margie, lost her son when he was 29. Mm. And I went to her house the morning of his funeral and she, my husband's one of seven. I'm one of five. And one of her sisters was brushing her hair out and, you know, we're getting ready for the funeral. And I said to her, how are you doing this? And she said, I figured if the blessed mother could watch her son die on the cross, then I can do this. Mm. And then I remembered when I was probably 12 and, you know, there was only in those days you're young, but you probably don't know, but ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS public. And, I, and my parents were always like, turn that off. If something was like dirty or gross or something on ABC or NBC or CBS and watch PBS. So we put on PBS to be some show. You'd be like, Oh, what is this? What is this? So, it, but Rose Kennedy was on. And I remember she was in a powder blue suit and, I, and it's powder blue eye makeup. And I like always loved makeup and dressing up and everything. And I said, Oh, she's so cute. And I watched the show and, and they asked her, how did you ever handle three children dying? You know, the one in the plane crashed, her two sons assassinated. And she said, because of my faith, she said, because of the, if, if the blessed mother could watch her son hang on that cross for three hours, that, that I could do it. So I wanted to bring that to the film and show that this mother, Barbara O'Brien, who's this odd, quirky, not perfect person operated only was able to function, but get out of her comfort zone after her son, after, I don't want to give it away, but after what happened and be able to travel and do things that she never imagined in a million years that she would be able to do. Sure. She goes to a Senator's house. Who's so wealthy. She's so impressed by the money. She's like, Whoa, this is highfalutin. She calls her husband. She's like splashy, splashy because she's got the blessed mother as her example. Hmm. So this movie you play, it's a serious movie. It's a dramatic movie. The role is a dramatic one. And you're known for, I think probably primarily for comedic roles, but have done a lot of dramas as well. And so with a career like yours, that has had a lot of those different types of roles. Does that affect how you, how you approach the work, do you have to get into a different mindset? Do you see it as, as kind of similar? Like, yeah. So help, help me understand like how you go about something like a Shakespeare play or this film or Saturday Night Live 
just, yeah, what's the difference? You know, there's really no difference. I mean, you're, you know, acting is literally like being an insane person. You know that it's just pretending you're someone else. That's what you do for a living. So you, but the technique that I have learned is called the Meisner technique where you substitute. So say, for example, I'm paying, playing a, a, a woman who is a, a comedic part. You, have you ever seen a play or a movie when you see that someone thinks that they're funny on stage and yeah. you don't want to laugh at them because they think that they're funny. Right. But you take each, each role exactly the same and you substitute in. So for example, in rushed, I substitute that that is not an actor playing that part. That is my son. So then that brings the true emotions. Same with if you're in a comedy and you're playing a woman who's just been bashed over the head with a water balloon, you're playing it as if your daughter bashed you over the head with a water balloon. How do you react? And that that makes the emotion, the reaction truthful. And that's what you want to see on screen, whether it's comedy or or, or drama, that it's just truthful. So right after we set up this interview, I, my wife and I are just moving through Seinfeld since it came uh, on Netflix just recently. And then like the day I set this interview up, I see your like debut on the screen. I had no idea it was coming. <laughs> I like shouted. I was like, hey, this yeah. is the person I'm talking to next week. Um, but uh, so again, like that had that, that long career from the early 90s then. And just I'm quite, for you kind of looking back at that and also, you know having just made this and still very active are there you mentioned, I think in one interview, like wanting to be in roles that you would be happy to show your kids who are now older and they can see the things that you've done. Is there any kind is there any one role looking back over those decades that you're like really especially proud of and happy to just show them like, Hey, this is your mom doing uh, some cool stuff here. You know, it's so funny that you asked this because I remember when I, when I lived in New York city and my, my, I, you know, you, you, you have to put together what you call a demo reel when you're in acting. Right. And, and so they can send it out. So you like do clips. And I remember my daughter, we popped it in and my, and my daughter ran out of the room like, oh, what is happening? But um, yeah, so I, I, I've quit shows and I've, I, that's why I love film because film, you know what your role is when you get it. TV, they can change, switch up your character. Sure. I was on a TV series and my bank account would have looked really, really well if I stayed in that series, but I quit because they started to have my character have an affair with someone in like, and I was supposed to meet the guy in mass. And I was like, over my dead body. And here I was calling the producer into my trailer. I was like, yeah, I need to talk to the producer. And he's like, are you kidding me? And he's like, don't you know, Carrot, you're acting? And I go, oh, no, I know I'm acting, but I have kids. So, by the way, I've made mistakes. I'm not proud of, like, oh, maybe one of my one of the roles I played. However, um, I will say that I'm most proud of Rushed because I wrote it. My family's in it. My friends are all in it. I like the Catholic theme. Other than, other, I love New in Town with Renee Zellweger and Harry Connick Jr. I love Seinfeld. I mean, I love Saturday Night Live. You know, they gave me starts. Each each movie, and many things for kids that I did, like Charlotte's Web, Holes. I did a whole bunch of kids' movies. I don't know why. And then I love all the Danish films because I'm so grateful for them because they used me over 20 years, Lars von Trier did, and they taught me how to make a film in a way that you treat your employees across the board in, a, in a, an unbelievable way, but 
So that's hard to pick out one. I guess I didn't really answer your question. No, that's fine. You're allowed to uh, to have more than one favorite. Um, so I, I want to turn back the clock even more from that to a few years before. Since this is the Jesuit podcast, we have to ask you about your Jesuit education. Uh, yes. You're uh, an alum of Lemoyne. Just uh, any favorite memories of there or anything that if you look back at your journey and think, oh, this from Lemoyne kind of helped me point me in the right direction or a direction. Uh, Absolutely. Or, yeah. Any favorite memories or any favorite oh, Jesuits? I have, I have so many favorite je- memories. And just right now, my film Shelter and Solitude that we're filming, Father Nash, who was the chaplain when I was there, he just played the, the the priest in it. I was like, guess who's playing the priest? You. I said, guess why? You've got the costume. So anyway, <laughs> I love Lemoyne. I love the Jesuit education. They're so loyal. They've been so unbelievable to me. And, you know, and then I went on to Catholic U. So my fa- first of all, my, my grandfather, Ed Egan, was one of the founding members of Lemoyne College. My father went to Lemoyne College. My aunt went to Lemoyne College. My all, most of my, two of my sisters and my brother went to Lemoyne. I have so many friends from there. You know, you, you learn their ethics. I'll never forget, I went to Catholic U for graduate school after Lemoyne. And I got cast in a play. It was called Blythe Spirit. I was the, which is a Noel Coward play. I was cast as the maid, which is a very small part. Then a movie came to town in Washington, D.C., St. Elmo's Fire. Big movie in those days. I was supposed to be in that movie. And I was taught ethics. And I said, no, I already committed to a play at Catholic U. But that's what I was taught. Then Joe Lewis, he's long gone, great guy, playwright, playwriting teacher, said, now everyone in plays that are drawing room comedies, such as Noel Coward's, well, Siobhan's in the class. She's playing the maid. Often the playwright uh, has the actor as scenery. So Siobhan doesn't have many lines in the play, but she's more of scenery because she's a maid. I was like, oh my gosh, I turned down a movie to play <laughs> scenery. But I will say that the Jesuit education teaches you how to be ethical, how to be grounded, how, you know, Shakespeare... It was such a great education. And that is why I have friends after 30 years that are willing to be in a movie that I did and make peanuts when they make millions normally and and work with me. Because if you treat people the right way and if you have your faith hovering over taking care of you, and I'm praying to St. Genesius and St. Gerard. I mean, when I was a Catholic, you, the, the, the um, Gene Morale, who who uh, directed all the musicals, we'd pray, he said, let me tell you about someone same name, St. Genesius, the patron saint of theater. I pray to St. Genesius all the time. I'm like, listen, buddy, travel with me, guy. I need you. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, again, well, it seems like, again, as you were saying, putting these movies together, bringing in all of these friends that you have to have those good relationships over years. Otherwise, those things are not going to happen. Um, and, and part of your career, again, overlapped with raising young kids. And I said to you before we recorded, I have three young kids, six and under, and yeah. my wife and I trying to balance work and family and all those things. Um, any tips for me, uh, having kind of done that uh, in your own life? Yeah. Get, forget about sleep. Forget it. <laughs> As my Aunt Mary said to me, I had seven kids when my kids were little, Shivani, forget about sleep. Listen, you, when, when they're little, you can't sleep. When they're teenagers, you can't sleep because it's emotional. And when you get old, you can't sleep anyway. So what's the difference? No, I brought my kids everywhere. My kids went to Australia with me when I went to, to Charlottesville. I just made it work. They were just part of my team. So they went to Denmark, they, Sweden. I just always included them. So now it's like 
a bakery where like we made really good chocolate chip cookies. So now my 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 son is in the movie with me. He also does the music supervising. He gets all the all the uh, you know all the, the background music. Um, in, for, in in Rush, there's a lot of rap music in the fraternity. I know nothing about rap. People are like Siobhan, you're so hip. Where'd you get all that rap music? I was like, I know nothing about it. My daughter Sinead, she's in it. They're so comfortable on sets. You know, you just make them part of your life, and people will work with you. Like when I would go to Sweden and Denmark, they'd be like, Okay, Siobhan, so we have a house for you. And we have toys in it for the kids, and um, like we have babysitters. You know, it's it, it, so I just always included them. And then when I included them, I was like, Hey, guess what's going to happen on Sunday? We're going to church. And I, I just made it work. I don't know how. And thank God it's over because I'm half dead. It <laughs> <laughs> nearly well, killed me. Um, so just before I let you go, just a quick question about the movie you're working on now. Um, so, yeah, set that up a little bit for us. And so, what so do you think quickly, it's coming out? Yeah. So it's um, it's called Shelter and Solitude now, but we're going to change it to Trudyville. It's about a wannabe country singer. My father always wanted me to be a country singer. I never quite really quite sang it up well enough. Um, so it's a wannabe country singer. She owns a bar in a town. And then it's, there, there's a guy on death row and COVID happens and some crazy things have to happen. And she, she ends up working with this guy on death row and trying to teach him the faith in her quick, quirky, weird way. And it's all the Blessed Mother's all in there again. The Blessed Mother's statue is standing right next to the cash register. And, you know, she's, saying that she's carrying that rosary and it's, it's all faith-based in another kind of story where it's, it's very present. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to that. We think what next year, maybe. Yeah, it should be a year. The other one took a little longer to come out because of COVID. Sure. And like I said, rushed. Please support the movie because we want to keep doing these kind of movies and we want to spread the faith. It's on Amazon, Apple, iTunes, Redbox, Vudu. And don't think it's a straight to video movie, people. It wasn't all over the theaters, but now that's where we are. And it's got yeah. want to look on Rotten Tomatoes. We have unbelievable reviews the yeah, I, have been amazing to us i saw it on, on on youtube so you can get it there we'll link to all the places where people can get it uh in thank the show you notes so much. Uh, and so siobhan found hogan thank you so much for taking uh, the time in the middle of your busyness to to chat today it was a great conversation i really enjoyed thanks for it. having and me good luck with the rest of that uh the production i really appreciate it. good luck with your family AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. And when we're not working from home, the show is recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. AMDG is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, and Facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting Jesuits.org slash weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with the Jesuit vocation promoter at BeAJesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire. <laughs>